Are we ready, spaghetti? We are ready, spaghetti. We are very much ready. Uh, welcome to I Kill a Spider for You. My name is Catherine. And I'm Carmen. And this is our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about literally whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And like many, many times before, we have got to a point where we're like, hang on. We we haven't done any episodes on that. I think like regularly we're shocked by what we have not talked about, <laughs> even though we it's like what episode? This is gonna be episode like 79 or something. Yeah. Shocking things that we have not talked about. So we're racialized women, we politicize everything, we get in deep to the psychology and we make inappropriate jokes. And today our episode is going to be about cults. So mm. if you're like looking for like a sensitive look at cults and Absolutely how like not. That the, will not the be deep us. personal humanity, like we are going to be like, fuck those nah. dumb losers. What? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. So get ready for that. So um, I guess we can get started. So mm-hmm. also to say, this is going to be part one of um, a two-parter about cults. And we're going to be focusing on the psychology of cults today. Mm-hmm. Um, but get ready. We're going to have a whole bunch of more fun stuff for the second part as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast. And so we should You probably- sound so enthused. You're like, it's going to be <laughs> a blast. <laughs> we should probably start. So here's the thing. There are many ways... To define a cult, technically speaking. But the word cult has negative connotations. Because when people think of cults, they think of Scientology. They think of the FLDS, whatever. But technically speaking, Jesus created a cult. Yeah, here's the thing. The, the, The parameters of what's a cult and what's not is like a very important place to start. So I guess we can say, like, generally speaking, once it's become over like 50,000 people, then it's like a religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, once it, if it's like, and a there's large been enough am- time that has passed. And there's passed. been enough time that's passed. Also, it depends on sort of like what the action is. Is it going to be something that's like about your immortal soul or is it going to be like, this is the juice cleanse that people are all insane about. Like there's, there, there are things that are cults like that might not have the longevity mm-hmm. to allow them to become a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that sweet spot in the middle of like insane fad mm-hmm. and um, full blown religion. And that's where cults live. And when, pre- yeah. Pretend, and they're always, Oh, let's say people pretend that the religions aren't cults, but that's, truly the most insane thing in the world they're all the same (laughs) they all started with some man yelling on some like pedestal in the middle of the death i'm thinking of life of brian to be honest they all occupy life of brian yeah it it, basically honestly because they all occupy the exact same space in your brain so like another thing that's like might not be a cult like sports it's the Mm. exact same spot in your brain that jesus lives like it's just like all on the same continuum Mm -hmm. but okay so when we're talking about cults well we probably will call christianity a cult a death cult because it is (laughs) it is we are talking about cult cults in this episode today yeah and and the cults that we're talking about today um because they do usually say that cults have a kind of like a charismatic leader and the difference is that in cults oftentimes you are inclined to do everything you can to worship the leader as opposed to like follow the tenets of a specific like religion Ooh, that actually might be where it it splits is like once the leader is dead what do you do 
Exactly. Which is interesting, and we'll get into that today, because there are some cults that are very much hated, whose leaders are dead, and they keep going. So, does it count? Does it count? Well, like, it's like, you've watched The Umbrella Academy, right? Yeah. Yeah, when um, the character in the Umbrella Academy starts a cult and he tries to get them to realize that it's a cult and that he's a liar and no one believes him and they just continue on afterwards being like, he was the ultimate leader or like, this is what the leader wanted (laughs) for us. And he's like, literally like, no. But once you put that idea in someone's brain, once they're like convinced that the cult leader is special, you honestly, you you have the horses run away. You cannot, you can't catch it again. No, but um, sometimes it gets out of hand for the leader themselves because I saw the story. I think I told, I think I talked about it when we did the true crime episode, but there is this theory that this behavioral analyst, uh, I think it's John Douglas, has that he wrote in his biography where he said that he was convinced after he, I think he had met Charles Manson and he believed that Charles Manson was very much into kind of like, he was a small man and he had small man syndrome oh, and yes. he just wanted people to worship him and he wanted people to think he was great and he wanted to have control over people, hence why he was in jail. Um, but what actually what this man believes is that somebody jumped the gun when they m- did all those murders because he doesn't actually think Charles Manson was looking to have people murdered. They think he just wanted to like live in a farm control all these like young throwaway kids do whatever he wanted and he kept like spewing this like i'm a tough guy indoctrination of like i'll be your leader and this is what's gonna happen and the problem is that he was so good at manipulating people that somebody jumped the gun to try and impress him and charles manson was like yep it was my idea I mean, ain't that just the way? That's that's how always how it is. There's like some person who's like, no, I will do this for the cause. And the cult leader's just like, oh, shit. Shit. Ooh. <laughs> damn. I so, wasn't yeah, expecting I mean, that. Well, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the cult leaders I've heard about, you know, they just like, they literally have taken guns and arms in the, you know, they've done things themselves and been like terrifying badasses and in a not a good way and charles manson was just like wait what okay yeah 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 no 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 yeah 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 that was uh that was my idea that was uh yep that That little hippie freak who like tried to have like uh he he wanted to be a famous singer like he was just he was just a charismatic asshole and even then when people say he's charismatic i'm like was i don't think i would have fallen for that <laughs> I, think- I mean well number one he wouldn't be courting us but number two <laughs> certainly not <laughs> number two like when i think about charles manson and i see like the pictures of him i'm like the people who were drawn into this man's snare are truly but the problem the is foolish i the I problem mean, is it was the 70s so all white men looked generally like that i guess i mean here's the thing all hippie white men and he is like the dark mirror image of all of like the hippie subcultures and he made sure to look for kids and people that were like vulnerable on drugs runaways who ain't got no parents like that's That's, again that's what you do that's what that's like literally one of the like check marks of like a cult is like are the people low self-esteem and vulnerable yeah. Okay, check. That's what Tiger King did. All of Tiger mm-hmm. King's employees were like, I just got out of jail and I can't get a job. I'm going to eat the expired meat that this man feeds me and I'm going to work at his tiger farm. 
Yeah. And I'm so loyal to this man because I was desperate for a job. These yeah. people, like, it's basically like, who do you find at a Greyhound bus station at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Those are people who are in cults, working on Tiger King's farm. Like, those are the drifters. Well, yeah. but And it's also just like, the thing is, there are so many cults that have such, like, a lot of the cults that got really big and did so much harm are the cults that have, like, doctors and lawyers and, like, all these fancy kind of professions. Because it's the idea, we have this idea that, like, smart people wouldn't fall for it. Mm, true which isn't true because literally it just takes like it like somebody could join and it just be like i was going through a divorce i was in the self-help section of my chapters slash indigo (laughs) and a strange looking woman came up to me and she started talking to me about her group and asked me if i wanted to go like that's how easy it is sometimes it's true it's like if you're having like a bad month it's such a shame that like those people who end up in cults could have just easily ended up in a church. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because like, not that like, like churches have their own problems, but at least they're generally speaking, unless it's a church based cult, <laughs> generally speaking, churches are not like killing everybody or <laughs> having people do like backdoor legal surgeries and weird shit. And, and yeah. I mean, like, yeah, generally, generally speaking, generally speaking, when you go to the church barbecue, that's like not the outcome. Yeah. And so that's why I'm, I'm, it's interesting because I, I remember my friend telling me that um, he was always wary of when people would ask him to do things for them, especially like if he, and even if it was small things, but if he didn't know them particularly well, um, and they would ask for favors, he would always try and be careful because, and I don't know if this was a subconscious thing, but there's that whole thing of effort justification uh, yeah. that your brain does, where if you do enough work on something, no matter how much you may doubt it in the future, your brain does this thing where it's trying to justify the amount of work and time and sacrifice that you made for this one cause. Mm-hmm. And so you're not willing to necessarily see the stuff that's right in front of you, or you're less likely to question things that like may feel like red flags. And so his whole thing was like, well, a lot of like, I think he said something like he had read somewhere that a lot of like cult or cult leaders, when they start off, they they're like first few people besides being very nice to them and whatever, is that he gets they get them to do things for them that are just like manual labor or, you know, like just doing favors for him so that. It feels like they're building a bond because that's what happens psychologically in your brain when you do things for people. It's like building this bond and then it's harder for you to leave because your brain ends up doing this effort justification because you did so much for them. Yeah. And it's very interesting because like the act of doing something for another person is a very powerful, is very powerful for cults, for religions, but also like when you don't do that, it actually makes you like a weirder person. Because yeah. like apparently there's a thing with a lot of celebrities because they don't have to do anything for anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's the one of the things that like turns them into like monsters because they don't have any outlet for like that sort of altruism. So right. they don't form these connections and they become like insular and weird and then they're like, go some of them go off the deep end entirely but like (laughs) the ones who i don't know 
it's like it's like the difference between you know the selena gomez interview where they're like what would you hate losing and she's like my family and then they right. ask kim kardashian and she's like my kkw lip color like yeah is the yeah. one thing she would regret losing i'm like so like it's very very important you can really get people with getting them to do something for you or sorry getting you to god you know what i mean yeah getting you to do something for them is like an important important tool but i also think that there's people who are very i mean myself included sometimes but there are definitely people who are very um when they like someone or they're like care about somebody they're very quick to do something for them yep um i feel like of the two of us like if you didn't know so much about true crime carmen if you weren't aware of I'd this tells, I feel I'd... like you could be very easily suckered into a cult. Ooh, I could be doing so many things for people. But yes, yeah, so I I think that that's the thing. And I do things for people. And then sometimes I look back and I'm like, why do I think we're such good friends? And I'm like, oh. Oh, because I spent all that time, time on them. doing things for them because I was like, they're a nice person. Let me help them out with a few things. And it wasn't even that it was their intention necessarily. But psychologically, yeah. it does create this bond where you're like, why do I think we're better friends that than we really actually are? That really checks out with you, actually, just thinking about that. Because sometimes <laughs> there will be people who I'm like, Carmen, what are you doing? And why are you helping that person? Like, you've met them <laughs> once before and, and you're doing all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right, whatever's so, going on here. But that's why I'm also trying to be careful with like certain, especially if people ask me to do things for them. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, fair. For what? So I think things like that. And um, the thing is, there are cults that aren't dangerous. There are cults that are just like these like weird European hippies who want to have a commune and somebody thinks he's Jesus. Uh, I feel like they always teeter on the, I don't know if there's they, a cult sure, that's I think not maybe dangerous. at some point they get to the point where you're like, is this okay? But yeah. I remember seeing this thing on Vice and it was this like group of people who still believed in Zeus. So they used to do these, like, they used to, like, gather and, like, do these, like, sacrifices uh, of animals, of, like, lambs or goats or something for Zeus. Or for, like, the Greek gods in general, I Mm. guess. And then so they would do all these, like, ceremonies that you would have done in, like, ancient Greece. But, like, how far did that extend? Was it just that they do sacrifices and, like, howl at the moon or some shit? Or did they bring ancient Greek ideals into their life in other ways? Well, then we have a problem. No, the question was more, um, (laughs) it was more, the the concern was that they got a reputation for being white supremacists because they're super Greek. And then Uh... this other group adopted their idea of like being very Greek because their whole thing is like, this is our land and this was our original religion before the christians took over fair 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 but you know shit white people and then shit gets taken into a completely different direction and then they were like no 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 we're not racist like we want we accept whoever some people give us a bad reputation (laughs) so like in that sense sure but and the thing like that i'm like it doesn't seem like they're harming anybody they're just some people who are really into greek mythology i mean i don't know i feel like you need to dig a little deeper into those that seems on the surface like it's okay but I feel like there's probably some weird shit there too. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. But like, if you I know feel like Zeus, every belief system like has guy. some weird shit. It's true. That's fair. 
You know, it's funny, actually, a lot of cults have members um, that reject religion that become part of cults. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if it's a religious cult, they'll like find Jesus again through this cult or whatever God right. it is. Um, but a lot of times when they're looking for something to like believe in and then they've already rejected religion, like they're mm-hmm. also susceptible to cults, which makes me laugh. Because when you think about all like how so many atheists can be and like... Uh, we are guilty of this as well. Like when we were teenagers, especially being little, little mm-hmm. asshole atheists. Um, but when you think about how like higher high and mighty they can be. And the fact that they're a large percentage of people who get suckered into cults, it's just like chef's kiss. It's like, a, it's a very, <laughs> I don't know. I found that very funny. I was doing some research today and I was like, Oh really? Hmm. But Everybody- that's what happens. Because they try to look for, like, they try to look for, like, oftentimes, they try to look for, like, alternative, you know, spirituality outside of, like, Jesus. And what happens is that, you know, unfortunately, some of them are like, I'm going to go to India. I'm going to find myself. And instead, they find this man who's white, who's like, I'm a guru. Mm. And then that's how that goes. If anybody's seen Wild Wild Country, (laughs) that's a great example of a documentary of a bunch of white people who followed this brown man who said he was a guru turns out he was Honestly, a huge drug addict if you go back to like the 1960s and say anything to a group of white people you could like like if the if cults I would, we could make the cults we could make to go back in time and start a cult like someone you know that that thing that goes around like do you want to be a cult leader that audio yeah if i was to choose a time period i'm going to the 60s with a head wrap on and saying all the bullshit and they will follow me to the ends of the earth herman It'd be great. It'd be amazing. And like, actually, funnily enough, some cults have weird legacies. Like, isn't there, there was, there was some hippie cult that like invented sleepy time tea. So like that sleepy time. What? There's like a sleepy time tea that's like sold, I think even to this day. <laughs> and it's like from some weird 60s cult. I'm looking this up. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, Let me see. B.T. And the little known religion behind it. What? <laughs> I know, right? You're like, I'm sorry, excuse Sleepy me. Sleepy time tea. Why? Yeah. Yeah. A cult invented The Hain Celestial Group. Yeah, those ones. Like, yeah, it's like the celestial like, teas or whatever. I'm shocked. I'm yeah. shocked. Yeah. Shook it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Wow. Who knew? That's so interesting. Yeah. These also, cults are really out here doing the best. Entrepreneurs of the same like again, because I feel like half the cult leaders that you read about when you like dig into them, they are like grifty weirdo con men. And of course sometimes con women, but just grifty weirdos who It's much scarier find when out it's con women, can I just say truly. that? Truly. You're like, ooh, oh, that woman's evil. Definitely bad. Like <laughs> when a man creates a cult, you're like par for the course. When yeah. a woman creates a cult, you're like, oh shit. Shit. Oh shit, this is gonna be airtight as well like this is gonna be a cult (laughs) it always is oh man what was i gonna say oh actually funnily enough on the topic of women one of the other depressing things that i was looking at when i was researching was that Mm. like a large percentage of cult members are women are women and i'm just like (sighs) bitches like (laughs) well that's that's the point it's just because one where i think there's the idea that like i do think that women go through a lot of like vulnerable times or vulnerable moments in their lives especially when you're transitioning like getting out of college or university 
um, divorces, breakups, yep. like and the all way sorts women are socialized, in the way women we're are just supposed to be to, nice. So, like, like a man might be like, "Fuck off." At the indigo, if they're in the self-help section. <laughs> but the woman would just politely listen. Yeah, they might listen. So women are more likely to listen. That's a factor. Women are more likely um, to take things on, like, good faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was listening to, or I was, I was watching this video and this woman was talking about, like, how she almost got, like, like, trafficked. Like, human trafficked because she, someone someone was like, hey, do you want to come to my Bible study? Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, sure. But when she went to the address, it was some, like, derelict building. And she was like, you know what, actually, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And then later she saw on the news that, like, these people have been telling people to come to their Bible study group. And she was like, oh, shit, that's one of the women who tried <laughs> to sucker me into going to her Bible study. So there's that. There's also just, like, um, women are socialized to, like, enjoy group like activities and group sort of comfort in a way that men are told like you're not supposed to rely on other people women are told oh no we should rely on other people yeah and so like when they're in a situation because that's the thing cult members very often don't know that they're in a cult Mm -hmm. so when you're in the situation where you're getting this like positive feedback from people women are more likely to are are more likely to even be the people who just go there so Mm -hmm. that's the thing and it's just it's a shame such a shame yeah and and the issue the thing that i find because i've listened to a lot of cult survivors talk about it none of them knew they were in a cult it wasn't until they got out that they were like oh fuck yeah that's crazy and they're all kind of um and they still exist today there's some and there are some like that aren't from the 60s and 70s that are still just as fucked like the Mm -hmm. nexium one which I had the absolute pleasure and thrill of listening to the CBC uncover their first season was the Nexium season, which happened in real time. Oh, so literally, right. this lady got out of uh, got out of the cult, and they were still big, and they were still strong. And by the like tenth week of whatever the show being on, or the eighth week, that cult was like destroyed. It was yeah. so interesting to be listening to it in real time. Like the fact that I got the, the like privilege to do that because like uh, other people listen to that. So many people have listened to that podcast, um, and that season specifically because the woman that was famous for going everywhere and being like, "I got branded" and all the other stuff. Her first thing that she did when she first came out was go to the CBC. But people don't know that. People think that she like did her like I think it was like New York Times or whatever. But no, so. It was so interesting for me to see that because she was super smart. Her parents were psychologists, I think, or her mom was like a psychologist or counselor. And she was like, you know, looking back, I was like, how the fuck did I get pulled into this? And she's like, and I understand that a lot of people are like, you're so stupid. She's like, that's generally like the first thing that people think is like, how could you fall for that? And she's like, but the problem is, is that they don't start off going like, hey, I'm a cult brand yourself. She's like, if I had gone to a meeting and the first thing they told me to do was to brand myself, I'd be like, (laughs) I'm getting the fuck out of here. She's like, that was several years after spending like my time and my energy and my money and like my blood, sweat and tears trying to grow this group that I thought was like making a difference. And she's like, only to realize later that there was like, they were actually the most harmful people and that the whole point of these like, because they were basically an, an MLM. They were like a um, like a pyramid scheme, essentially. And so they were... Um, and she said, she said something like the first few classes, it kind of weeds out. She now knows that it's like weeding out the people that are too headstrong to join the group. 
And so, and they'll talk shit about you and they'll humiliate you if you are like, why the fuck do I have to bow to this picture of this fucking nerdy looking man? Truly, on if the you, wall? Carmen, again, if we were in this situation, if we were at Nexium, I'd be like, I mean, bye. Go, bye. Goodbye. But the thing is, a lot of people don't because if the majority of them are just trying to be polite and quiet and just like, okay, yeah. I guess I'll bow or I guess I'll whatever, then I guess it's fine. And then. And so she says that that's kind of how they break you down because if you start to – because the first thing they tell you is like, oh, when you start these classes, you're going to feel a lot of resistance. You're going to feel a lot of of feelings of like anger, but that's just you pushing back against moving forward in your self-growth. When in in actuality, that resistance is all of the red flags coming up and being like, run. 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 And so they're conditioning you from the beginning to not trust yourself. That's fun. That's funny, actually. That's good. That's, that's good cult. That's good culting right there. That's some good culting. <laughs> well, because like if you can convince people from jump that this is going to feel weird and you're not going to want to be here, but you just got to get through it, then all of their like feelings of their all their rational thoughts will suddenly be like colored in a way where you can just sweep them well, under the rug yeah. and be like, of course I'm going to feel strange. I'm entering a new phase in my life. I'm here for this leader. I'm here for this organization. I'm here for this cult, ma'am. I am here for this nerdy, this picture of a nerdy man on a wall that I have to bow to. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's so interesting because it's true. They start off so slow and there are so many... um parallels that you can find in in cults as well like cults and abusive relationships or relationships with like oh basically the same the same and, and even like um um sex trafficking or trafficking like sex trafficking specifically i remember listening to i went to this conference and they were talking about sex trafficking and how important it is like how like girls would get um pulled into sex trafficking and like the love bombing and then the, Ooh, like, the love bombing let's talk about love bombing in a minute finish your thought and we'll talk about love so bombing. it's just it's interesting because i was like oh so like sex traffickers and like narcissist like abusive pieces of shit and you know these cult leaders and like the cult system as well, because it ends up, it starts with one guy, but then it turns into a system that's like self-sustaining. Um, they all have the same kind of psychology or the same kind of like love bomb and then humiliate and then isolate and then, you know, that's the scare that's the, the living bejesus out of them until they don't leave. Carmen, that's the secret sauce right there. Like That is <laughs> that's the like recipe. All of them. That's, that's the everyone. recipe. For abusive relationships, cults, and religions, but specifically cults, it's just like that is the that's like like um that's the seasoning. That's what you need. Yeah. If you don't have that, you're not gonna have a cult. Sorry, you're just gonna have like a youth group. You're not gonna have a cult. You need to shame them. You need to humiliate them, and you need to make them feel like the most loved person in the world. It's ah uh, man, oh gosh, that is I I can't wait to for next episode where we play. Um, is it a cult? Because I have so many <laughs> things to say about it. <laughs> like, oh, there's gonna be so many. Um, and love bombing for anybody that doesn't know, which happens often. So if this happens to you in the beginning of a relationship, run, run, absolutely run. I do feel like Drake has done it. Anyway, it's fine. It's uh, allegedly. Drake has songs about it. What are you talking about? Drake has, Drake songs might as well be like, again, also like a cult thing. Like he's like love bombing you in one song. And then he's like, how dare you not answer my phone calls in the next song? It's, it's, 
It's classic. I mean, he does, his preferred age of girl is like 11 or whatever. Not 11. <laughs> 17. 17. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think, um, so love bombing, love bombing is essentially like if you start to talk to somebody and they're like, they make you feel really special, which is great in a relationship if somebody makes you feel special in the sense that like they're present and they listen to you and, you know, they care about your needs and they care about your feelings. Fantastic. That's great. But it's when it like goes over the edge of like, it's like, you know, buying you things and, you know, like telling everybody how how special you are the second that they meet you and everybody being like overly kind and overly giving and overly just like, I don't know, loving in a way that's like maybe could seem insincere, but they say it in the sense that it's like, you're so special that I have to do this for you. Yes. And gift giving and... Um, it's basically like any story you hear where some girl's like, oh, at the beginning of the relationship, he was like there for me all the time and he wouldn't stop. He, like he gave me gifts all the time and he was so, if you heard a noise, it was my cat jumping on my bed. Um, and he was so super loving and he just cared so much. And then he like, didn't do that anymore, but it's because he was, you know, he was going through something inside. Like that's, that's the story you hear. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden the second they have you. It's like they hate you. They treat they hate you like you shit. You took shit. Um, right after that, you should also worry about trauma bonding of any kind. Like if you just met somebody and they like love bomb you, and then they're like, "So these are the horrible things that happened in my past, and the only person I can open up to it about is you, you, you." No, you gotta get the fuck out of there. You say, you know what? Th- thanks, man. How n- nice. Yeah. You say nice. You give a thumbs up and you bounce. Yeah. You have to. You have to. Because anyway, the point is, is that love bombing does happen. With younger girls, oftentimes what happens um, in like trafficking situations, but you could probably see it in certain groups or whatever, um, is this idea of like, they're looking for, especially with social media, it's easier because they're looking for girls that are like, I hate my parents or like, my parents are so mean or, you know, whatever. Things that make it seem like they're unhappy in some aspect of their life. And then the person comes in and is like, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're incredible. You you know, and it's like a little, it's a girl and it's like a grown ass man um, telling these girls how, you know, beautiful and perfect and like hot they are and like how they want to be their boyfriends or whatever. Um, and so that's, it's the same thing with cults where it's just like, you know, I think you're incredible. I think that you are. You, there's also this thing where cults tell people that they have gifts. Oh, yes. You're so special. You have a gift. You know, you need to be sharing this gift. You know how you can share this gift? By joining by this joining, organize, by organization. By joining our group, by having meetings with us. You know how you can share your beautiful soul with the world <laughs> is by joining our organization. Yeah. Oh, also, another great example of love bombing on like a larger scale would be Whenever celebrities come out as trash, um, mm-hmm. like most of the internet's mad at them. Like this is J.K. Rowling as an example. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling says something slightly shitty. This is like let's go back a few years. Let's rewind the clock to before she was writing weird essays and shit. Like she says something kind of shitty, and she thinks she's right. Um, and then people are like, "No, you're wrong for these reasons." Right. And then, but then there are also a lot of other people who are like, hey, fuck you. Because some people on the internet just simply have no manners. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, 
are receiving all of this uh, negative attention. And then a bunch of turfs are like, you are so right. You need to like stay true to your beliefs and blah, blah, blah. And we're all here to support you. And you're standing up for truth. And then she gets this idea in her head that she's a crusader for truth because of course she has to be right. And of course, all these people telling her she's wrong are just like haters and they don't understand. And then Mm -hmm. that just continues and continues and continues. And now you have a J.K. Rowling who's out here just wilded out, writing weird essays about, (laughs) about like, mostly about trans men, it seems to be her focus. It's very interesting. And um, yeah, having like weird predatory ideas about like a whole group of people. And if she wasn't love bombed so hard by the turfs, I think you could have gotten her. If if Twitter didn't exist, I don't think it would have <laughs> happened. I really don't think it would have happened. I think she would have just stayed like boilerplate fifty year old lady transphobic and not done anything, not write, written any weird essays. Is right. my point. Yeah, and I I mean, I just it's the same with incels. Incels aren't a cult, Ooh. and they don't have a charismatic leader. No, well, certainly they do not. No, <laughs> it's just kind of like Absolutely, a self-sustaining they do hate not, group. No. Um, but that's why it's, it's important to kind of keep in mind that they can look a lot of different ways. It's not just white people who get into cults. There's all sorts of people who end up in cults. Although, uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, the ones we see, <laughs> the ones that we see for sure is all white people. But actually, much like the serial killers that we hear about. I remember listening to this podcast called Cults. So, you know, um, they are very creative. Yeah. Um, and it talked and it and it's it emphasized that it only really talked about like harmful cults. Like it didn't want to talk about things that were kind of like, you know, on the edge or, like weird. It, he's they were like, no, these are cults that have actually done harm to people. And um there were a fuck ton of cults I had never heard of that were just racialized people. Yeah, that's fair. I guess there's, there's not as much as like we just don't hear about it. We don't it's hear not about some them. charismatic white guy who's really ugly, but That's somehow fair. people were like, "But he's a handsome man." Because like Jonestown was mostly people of color, but um, yeah, again, white man leader, and that's another one that's like preying on like the hippie culture because he was just like, "Ooh, interracial marriage is great. Let's let's all live together." Rain Actually, my rainbow family. I'm gonna adopt a kid of every color, which he fucking did. <laughs> Such a shame. Those poor babies. Um, and then he's like, "You know what? Get the Kool Aid out, guys." Or actually, you know, it wasn't Kool Aid. It was what was like fruit concentrate or something it was like it was like actually not kool-aid yeah and then the thing that that people think about the problem with jonestown is that people often think that like they literally like they drank the kool-aid themselves like that's where that saying comes from that they drank the kool-aid yeah but people don't realize that this man fully lost his mind fully lost his mind you are drinking this and i will have a gun to your head yeah and you're gonna drink it or i'll shoot you so it was just like not necessarily that is funny. That's true. Drinking drinking the Kool-Aid as like a, hmm, that's fun. You Like you're doing this voluntarily, but they're not. So they're anyway, not. They were some, absolutely not. They were no, there. No, and that's, that's something. They were there for about. the interracial marriage and the living in like uh, South America, but they were not there for the Kool-Aid. Yeah. They were like, actually, I don't want to. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of South America, another thing that people do often is that they isolate their people. And so isolation doesn't need to look like moving to Guyana. <laughs> isolation can mean now, Catherine, you know, apologies to your family. 
Not that you like them very much, but uh, it's, I love my family. Jehovah's what are you talking Witnesses. about? Oh, Jehovah's those ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I still uh, love those family members. They're great. Yeah. So Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, or there are certain cults. Cults. I'm going to call them a cult. There are certain cults that um, they isolate, not necessarily by taking you away from civilization in that sense, but more so that they discourage you from talking to anybody that's outside of their group. Yeah, they do that. They really do. I love my family. (laughs) I have lots of cousins who are Jehovah's Witness. But yeah, they they do do that. And they um, will isolate people and they will... Like, like everything, like you marry into Jehovah's Witness, you keep everything together. You're not supposed to go to like birthday party. Oh, obviously you're not, you're not supposed to have birthdays in general, but you're not supposed to acknowledge other family members, like even if they're not Jehovah's Witness. And there's also being disfellowshipped, which is like the Jehovah's Witness version of like being um, taken banished. out of, banished basically. Like lots of religions and cults specifically have like some sort of banishment and, um, for Jehovah's Witnesses being disfellowshipped. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they do they do do that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I can observe that even in my own family. But that's that's why. That's what I'm saying. Um, you need to keep an eye on that. Because there's I think a lot of the major religions, if anything, they don't tell you to not talk to people who are not of your religion. They actually tell you to talk to people. They're like, go out and recruit. Actually, well, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> also say to recruit, but it's like, but in your social life, you're not supposed to. Yeah, don't go near them. Um, which I think is like the fundamental difference. But um, I know I already talked about Nexium, and we talked about Jonestown. Uh, but are there other cults, Catherine, that you you would like us to like? You want to tell me about? Oh, oh, one second. Give me, give me one second because I had it and I lost it entirely. Oh shit! I should have written that down. Scientology. I felt the thing. Thank you. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking about. That was FLDS? my number one cult. Yes. Scientology. Oh, Scientology. Yes. Scientology. FLDS? What's the FLDS? Uh, oh, the Latter- fundamental Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints. They're the ones that dress in the... They're the they're the cuckoo Mormons. They're the... Well, I mean, never mind. Let me I not mean, make that joke. They're the Mormons that dress in the, like, prairie girl dresses. Oh, with, I see. With I see, uh, I see, Jeff Warren, who's, like, a in jail and he's a pedophile and... It's really sad. That story's really sad, actually. Yeah. No, no. My number one cult is is Scientology. Okay, Scientology is the wildest one. I don't want to get... Actually, maybe I shouldn't even talk about it because I don't want them digging through my garbage or doing any weird things. (laughs) But I will say, um, the fact that you guys got yourself tax exempt, uh, well done. You know. Well done, Scientologists. That's truly... Where is Shelly Miscavige? Where is she? (laughs) Truly, where is she? I, uh, yeah, uh, if any cult scares me, it is Scientology, because I'm like, oh shit, they got power. It's because they have the money. They got the money. And if you think that you and I are not on some sort of Scientology list still to this day, based off the fact that we went to that Scientology church at one time, girl. Wild. Wild. Um, yeah. I still don't get it. I still, I still, anyway. So Scientology is, is, oh, I just want to say, Scientology is like a number one, because the guy's a science fiction writer, total weirdo had a ship where he had everybody on the fucking sea org like has and the legacy of of L. Ron child Hubbard, slavery essentially child slavery is a great it's a part of it like people will be on their weird compounds and like live in these trailers when they're being punished and they're like oh this is fine this is fine that 15 people are living in a trailer 
and uh, we have to lick the floors clean and stuff. And that um, <laughs> what's his name who runs it comes and beats us up. That's totally normal. And Tom Cruise has a career and he's allowed to be in movies. And everyone's like, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is fine, Tom Cruise. Yes, make Top Gun too. We want to see it. <laughs> I The fact, I remember watching one of those Scientology documentaries and they have this clip of him um, laughing at the idea of like there being no more suppressive people and he's talking about suppressive people SPs as they call them which are basically people who are not enlightened essentially like so us it's so normal he's like can you imagine oh, wouldn't it be so great a world with no SPs and I'm like nobody else knows what you're talking about bro you're no. in a cult stop using your cult language in an interview <laughs> like it was so weird and I, I yeah it's Scientology for me what about you um I mean, there are so many. The FLDS one is a real bummer. I mean, they're all bummers because people have really like lost people. People have died. Oh yeah, it's a, there's and, a couple. Yeah. There's a couple yeah. I'm thinking of. The Heaven's Gate one always. Ooh, Heaven's kind Gate's of, good. Yeah, that one always seems. So the reason that one has always been so odd to me is because basically the leader was a closeted gay man who didn't want to be gay. From what and I remember, as you do. And so what he did was he told all of his followers that they all needed to castrate themselves so that they wouldn't be tempted to do anything and so that they could reach the higher level of enlightenment. And a lot of them did castrate themselves. If you can make someone cut their own dick off, like, what your life was wasted. You have too much charisma. <laughs> you should have been doing something else. Stop yes. focusing on, listen, why don't you just be like a Catholic priest and go molest some little boy. No, I'm just joking. But I'm just saying, you could... I don't know why you just don't lean into the gay thing. You're in a cult. You know how many cult members you could have got to suck your dick instead of castrating themselves? Yeah. You could have gotten them all to suck your dick. What's... <laughs> why Why waste? That's a waste, in my opinion. He's just is like very self-hating, obviously. And, which is sad, really. It is it's sad. Like he it, created this like whole thing where he like was castrated. He himself was castrated because... He was so disgusted with like who he was attracted to, which get really them sucks. to suck your nub or your <laughs> your nips or something. I just it just waste. It's what a waste! Terrible. Um, so I've always found them kind of fascinating, just because the leader. I don't know. The leader has such a sad story that I'm like, oh god. And then they all ended up. They actually all ended up killing themselves um, because they thought that when they they weren't going to die, they were going to be picked up by a spaceship. And uh, uh, was it Heaven Skate the one with the like they got new shoes? Yeah, they got they had the Nikes That's and they all killed it. themselves in the yes. Nikes because they all thought the that they were Nikes. going to go. You gotta have to- Air Jordans when you're <laughs> when you're ascending to heaven. I don't know. So, yeah, so they all got the same Nikes because they all dressed the same, and so it was the idea that they were all going like the, an alien spaceship was gonna like take them up to like the mothership. Anyway, it was very bizarre. So I like that one, but I recently, Catherine. I mean, I've listened to this podcast. I think I talked about it. But I, the more I learn about it, the more I'm, like, shocked. And tech, they don't call themselves a cult. But I think we'll look back in, like, 10 years and be like, ah, this man was starting a cult and he just didn't make it far enough. So it was this group called – I don't – actually, they don't have a name. They don't have a name. But they're Mormons, which seems to be – you know, let me not say what I was going to say. But um, so they're Mormons. And um, – Yeah. There was this podcast that I listened to back in like a few months ago called uh, Mommy Doomsday, which okay. was about Lori Vallow 
and her husband, uh, Michael Vallow, if I'm not mistaken. And um, she killed her kids. But the whole story was that, like, first of all, this is white privilege in a nutshell. Mm. No one could find her kids. And she kept saying, oh, they're with this person. No, 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 they're with this person. No, 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 they're with this person. And everybody was like, where the fuck are your kids? <laughs> Meanwhile, this woman went on vacation to Hawaii with her brand new husband. And, and she refused to tell anybody where her kids were. It turns out that they had them buried in his garden. So um, it was awful. And her whole thing, her husband, she had met him when she was still married and he was still married. And they're both Mormon. But there's like this like subgroup of Mormons that believe in like, like end times, but more in the sense of like, it's immediately happening now, like the end of the world is coming. So they're like a, a group of like doomsday Mormons. And this man was known for in these like groups of writing these books because he said he had the um, gift of like prophecy, mm -hmm. like revelation, yeah. like he could whatever. And so he met her. And when they met, uh, her ex-husband mysteriously died. Then her current husband mysteriously died. And by mysteriously died, I mean he was shot by her brother and everybody knew. And her brother was like, oh, it was self-defense. Then her brother mysteriously died. And then um, this man's wife mysteriously died. And she was saying she was going to marry this man. And that his wife was going to die because he had prophesized it like weeks before the woman had actually died. She literally moved into the same town he was in, thinking the wife would be dead by now. Yeah, as you, I mean, again, what's as weird you about do. the story, Carmen? As you do. And um, so that was like the whole point of the podcast was kind of like her history, like her kind of growing up and, and also like her relationships and just her relationship with her kids because she was a really good mom. And then all of a sudden she meets this guy and she gets into this group. And yesterday I started listening to this interview from like her best friend. And you could tell that her best friend feels really foolish for believing everything this man said but she's like oh you know i had my doubts i didn't actually i wasn't sure you know i i, I thought that the stuff he said was weird and i was like no you didn't you a thousand no, you percent believe not. this no and they were like well did you was it a cult and she's like no i feel like cults have like gatherings and stuff like we would just hang out in the backyard and like oh my god talk about things i was like so you were in a fucking cult so essentially in order to create the the re the thing that they did when they killed the kids the the friend is convinced that the reason they did it and were so nonchalant about everything that happened was because they were so convinced about these doomsday because he was like, oh, the world is going to end next month, essentially. And so he, I think she, she said something like they feel, they felt like who's going to notice my kids missing if the world is in chaos? You know, if the world was actually ending, not a bad plan. But it wasn't, and he was a liar. Also, again, if the world is actually... I mean, I'm sure they thought they had some sort of salvation or whatever. But if yeah, they you think the world is ending, like, why make any plans? You know? But their thing was, like, that they were the chosen ones, and they knew better than anybody, and they also believed that they had lived 51 past lives, and they had spent 30 of them together. It was bizarre. The more I listened... Because I didn't think of it as a cult. I just thought, like... This bitch is nuts and she killed her kids and she dated a man who was also cuckoo and she decided to choose the man over her kids and then she oh, killed I them. See. Which but is like, like if they had just like a little extra time. Exactly. Exactly. 
And they don't even have a name, but it's just the fact that I even found out that Mormons have a subgroup of Mormons that believe in, like, these doomsday things about, like, zombies. That they think that anybody... Yeah, that's the other thing. That this woman killed her kids because she said they had turned into zombies. Which is their code word (laughs) for somebody who has an unclean soul. You know, Mormons... You were were trying not to say it earlier, but Mormons are fucking wild. I... (laughs) I mean, Jesus lives on another planet. When you die, you get your own. You get your own planet. With all your wives. I mean... Wait, do men... Only men get planets? I think so, because they get the planets and all their wives live on the planets with them. Oh, that's bullshit. I don't think they get their own planets. Why don't I get my own planet? I don't think they do. Because if you're a wife, you're going to have to be with like... I guess you got to live on your husband's planet. Yeah. What the fuck would anyone do with a planet? That's one of the... How big is this? Is it like a petit prince? Like a tiny planet? Like you can walk around it? Or how big is this planet? Well, that's my question. What does Jesus have? How big is his planet? What and do does the do size the- of the planet have to do with, like, the level of importance you had in the church? The, what is the gravity on the planet? I want to know. How big are these planets? Are is they it cold? Earth-sized? What's is it the cold? temperature? What's, what's, what are, what's the, um, what's the, like, the flora, the fauna? Like, what's, what's the ecology <laughs> of this planet? Do you get to make your own animals? Oh, if you get to make your own animals. Now we're set. That I'm, I want my own planet. I'm not sharing. Again, what if you're an unmarried Mormon woman? An unmarried Mormon woman. Wouldn't you end up with your, on your father's? Oh, God. I would assume. Gotta live on your father's planet. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah. I mean, cuckoo banana pants. So, it is what it is. But they have phones on those planets? Maybe. These are questions that if I was someone, if a Mormon comes up to me and tries to convince me, I'd be like, I have questions. Do I have the internet on this planet? What actually struck me the most about that interview was actually that the woman didn't blame the cuckoo banana pants man and woman that killed her fucking kids. She blamed it on the doctrine they were spreading. Which is how I knew it was a cult in the sense yeah. that she was like, the doctrine you're spreading is dangerous. It brings death to everyone who hears it. It brings death. She's like, you're spreading a doctrine that is causing all of these people around you to die. And I'm like, because they're murderers. Yeah, not. Yeah. What it's not the about? doctrine because her whole thing was like the doctrine creates evil. And I'm like, or or, or it was already there. Or they're murderers. And they're just murderers. And like, that's just a thing that some people are sometimes. But you know you can a lot of murderers can make cults. I mean, and have made cults around themselves, or you the just make a cult divisions. so you can like make you have a cult so you can do the murders, or the you fact can that lock there people are still in cells. Davidians around, like I'm like Wendo happened. Know. Your leader died. A bunch of children died. He technically set the house on fire, but apparently that's controversial. That it might have been the FBI, and I'm like, I don't think the FBI. I mean, they probably would but it was really bad pr for the fbi so i doubt that they thought let me burn down a house full of kids which this which man are was, the branch davidians they're a waco oh okay, okay 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 um, branch david you know what also can we talk about the silly names why branch do they all have such silly names heaven's gate like like you're like okay what was uh Jim's Jim Jones? Oh, Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Oh, that sounds like a band. Uh, 
he did he want that to be ba- like that's um pretty at good least charles manson just had the family the family well he's not creative he wasn't a creative man no he just had so the that's family. that's why we're the family i why didn't he call them the white family he didn't want to be that I literal i guess um the problem okay. the race the war guy my biggest problem with charles literal. manson besides the fact that he's you know a piece of shit you know um what do you call it predator predatory piece of shit is that he's also racist it's honestly like it's a one-two punch that i just don't need in my life <laughs> you're like <laughs> listen i could forgive the cult leader but you're a racist and so, so i say sorry, good day sir. to you sir <laughs> oh okay well i think that's a good good place to stop um We'll be talking about this more later. We will be talking about this more later. We'll be talking about our favorite, more a little bit more on our favorite cults, but we'll be talking about things that sort of just like cult adjacent things. We're mm-hmm. going to play mm-hmm. Is It a Cult? Where we'll be discussing things um, that may be cults, maybe not, or just cultish behavior in society in general. Yeah. Maybe let's go in depth a bit more on some of our favorite cults. Um, so stick around for part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carmen, do you have in like in an entirely different direction? Do you have any recommendations for today? Hmm. Do I have any recommendations? Do I have any recommendations that aren't cult related? That's a good question. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think people should watch Hawkeye because I think it's a great show and it gives me um, diehard vibes, but with ladies and one man. And I enjoy that very much. That's a good recommendation. I still haven't watched it. I will. I promise Vincent you. Vincent D'Onofrio, Catherine. I will watch it. Spoilers, but I will. I will watch it for different. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, my favorite actor of all time. Um, okay, so my recommendation, I guess, speaking of things that are not cults but could be cults, it's a K drama. Oh, here um, we go. Here we go. That okay. is a cult. It yeah. is a cult. We'll be talking about it next time. Okay, so I'm going to recommend a K drama called She Was Pretty because. I watched it, like, a few years ago, and I thought, I'm going to watch it again. I started watching it, and my sister was, like, immediately hooked. And so we watched almost, I, we watched about half of it together, and then I, like, went to take a nap, and she and my mother watched, the like, five other episodes of the season, and they finished it, and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, It's, like, about a girl who used to be very, like, pretty and perfect, and then her friend was, like, this fat kid who was very dorky and then when they're like 30 he comes back to korea and he after like leaving to the states <laughs> and she he comes back to korea and he's like the ceo of a company and she's like a mess and she's no longer like conventionally pretty quote unquote even though she's played by a gorgeous actress and it's great it's a really good comedy and the reason why i'm recommending it is because like i'm considering watching the japanese version because oh that's the thing there's a chinese version which i actually also have watched um and the chinese versions are always so long the chinese version is 50 episodes no the korean version is 16 so if you want to watch it watch the korean one and it's yeah. also better but there's a japanese one that's like 10 episodes and i'm like should i watch the japanese version of this? you will be watching the <laughs> japanese <this> version <laughs> so i'm recommending this drama because i like its plot and it's good and it's very popular and it's also been remade i think it's like a thai version there's like a lot of versions of what's this. happening like, there's, here there's so many versions of this drama so i'm telling you it's a good one um, do like the writers get royalties if a different country makes it that is a legit that's like a legit you know how question. like ricky gervais makes money for any office because yeah. there's like the office like there's the office spain there's the office argentina 
That's a good question. I I would like to know honestly. Huh. Um. Anyway, I'm re- rec- rec- I am recommending that K drama. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's it for today. So please rate and review us on iTunes. Please mm-hmm. um, recommend us to your friends. Please. I don't know, send us fan mail or something like just keep it coming with the with the love and the adoration we're looking to start a cult we want you to know that we love you <laughs> we want you to know that we love you and we've shared things with you we would never share with anyone else you're so special you're special and you know you have a gift you have a gift you could give to us which is a five-star review <laughs> and like if you give that then i feel like you'd really be contributing to the cause yeah um, so you can find us anywhere at I'd Kill a Spider for You. Um, you can find us on Twitter at I'd Kill a Spider number four letter U. And you can find me myself at these. I just pointed at myself with both thumbs. <laughs> I want you to know that that happened. Um, you can find me at the CC Williams anywhere on the internet. Yep. And you can find me at Carmen underscore Maria 416. And you can find my grief and death stuff that I'm doing with my friend Kayla at uh bipoc death grief talks or talk yeah and send and carmen carmen this is an excellent opportunity for you because you could turn you could turn your death grief talks into a cult i could i won't carmen but i carmen the thing that we forget about ourselves as people you and i is that as much as we could start a cult because we have been told and by people that we could if we wanted to is that we're too lazy and don't like people enough to put up with them long yeah, enough to start one. Carmen, if they're paying, Car- the, people pay for these death talks. Um, I think we can start a cult. We could be the next Scientology, but about like grief and sadness. We could be like, if you invite this many people to the uh, the event, you get this percentage of the whatever. So it can be also an MLM. No, I have a, work. I have plans. I have plans. That's work. You know what? Check back with us in a few years and see where this conversation led. But I have plans. Okay? (laughs) A lot of work. Uh, Just the thought of it is exhausting. We love you and please join our our cult. And or go send Carmen money at her grief talks. (laughs) And send me money. I'll I'll send a feet pic. I don't mind. I'll do whatever. (laughs) 